Hi everyone, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and the host of this podcast where we peek inside the everyday lives of our inspiring small business community. Melissa Girk joined our Flying Solo community at the beginning of this year and when she was joining up, we had a quick discussion about the fact that her path to the solo life, she's a copywriter, um, came, she came from the teaching world, so actually spent a long time as a teacher. So we were talking a little bit then about the things that she was weighing up before she made the decision to walk through the door to her own business. And I've asked Melissa to join us on the podcast today to talk around those things because I feel like it's a very common experience and something it's always interesting to hear how other people dealt with it. Melissa, welcome to Flying Solo. What was it that made you finally decide it was time to do something new? Well, I studied science at university and then um, from there, I actually became a quarantine inspector and I did that for a few years and then transitioned to teaching. I just did a, a one-year education um, degree just which could move me into teaching. And then I spent the next 15 years as a, a science and, and maths teacher in the Catholic system. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed teaching. But in the last few years I had my son and I... I I just found I wasn't enjoying teaching as much as what I did. I tried changing schools, but still it just, it just, I just wasn't enjoying it as much as I was. And um, there were a, a few aha moments actually. There was one very, very old teacher who was about the same age. She died. She just got in the shower one night and didn't make it out and then didn't make it to school the next day and we all found out she was dead. And I thought, I don't want to be like her either. I just don't want to keep teaching and then suddenly just drop dead. And so, um, yeah, I had those those facts in my mind. And then um, I was also starting to think, well, if I, if I don't enjoy it, the kids pick up on it and you don't do well at it. So I started to think of what else I could, I could do. And then uh, I started to think, okay, well, I want to do something that's uh, that I obviously enjoy and it would be great if I could find something where I didn't have to travel into the city every day and also that it didn't require a large amount of time at university and getting out of the workforce. I wanted to make that transition. Yeah, and I think you've touched on such good good things there. Um, definitely we don't, who, who wants to think about our last our last day being like that, I can totally, I can totally see why that was so compelling. Um, but in terms of stability, it's such a such a big one there. I think because as you were saying, you know, you had government jobs uh, or very stable income before, and you're saying you didn't have to retrain or anything. It was a skill that you you already had, and you were able. No, no. Um, so I did a few courses through the Australian Writers Centre. Okay. I thought I like teaching. I mean, I, I like writing. Yeah. I, like I, I enjoyed writing exams. I enjoyed the that that sort of part of it, which required an assessment. So I like writing them because they required some creativity. Mm. Um, didn't like so much marking them, but anyway. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, I did a few courses through that and the, the courses were online. They were very positive. Um, that was structured well and 
I thought, okay, maybe I could do this. And so I did a few courses through there and um, then got my first article published in Kidspot and um, then did some, that, that was, yeah, that was quite an exciting experience for me, my yeah. first article published there. And then um, I went on and did some more courses in copywriting and then um, I decided, okay, I've got some long service leave and I could take some leave without pay. And um, then once I finished my long service leave, then I could start leave without pay and do casual work. Okay, yeah. So um, I, I had that to fall back on as well. Then realised, okay, I need to know more on SEO. So then I did uh, Kate Toon's course. Um, the recipe for um, SEO success and um, that's how I made the transition but I had that stepping stone financially which was a big thing for me like not just to leave my job and then start a new one and it wasn't until two years after that that I actually resigned I was very lucky that my school held my position for two years. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, in that that you know, that's I guess that's what you know you describe as a word leverage. Like you were using what you had in order to make a sort of a more considered step towards your direction, and that was very lucky that you had that structure around you to support you. Yeah. But I think there's something in that for lots of people too, because you know you hear about the success rate of new businesses being pretty terrible within the first year i think it's more than 50% fail and sometimes i do wonder if it's because it's so tempting because we're so energized about the idea and we want to basically escape from whatever it was else that we were doing to focus on something new and we tend to throw all of our energy at this one thing really really fast and expect really really fast results because we're putting all of ourselves behind it all at once mm. so the fact that you were able to take your time with that and do things a little bit more incrementally, obviously very helpful and a very important thing for people to remember. Do you now, do you still do a bit of that part-time teaching work on the side? Is that something that you still now have available to you and would, and would use? Uh, they have been calling me <laughs> this year. Um, I've done one day because January, I think like, like most freelancers, January was quite slow. Yeah. And so, and, and my job is very still up and down. Yeah. And so I, I haven't cut it off. I think an important thing is not to burn your bridges. Yeah. And um, just tell people the truth. Look, my, my job is very still up and down. It's it's not just in, just all smooth sailing. And so I'll, you know, I'll come in when you need, if you need me and I can, you know, I, I'm available. So I've done one day this year. So I guess another another consideration um, in going solo is that you are solo. Like there's just you and usually there's just you and a desk and a room and a computer. Certainly in the copywriting space, there's never normally many other people involved, with, which is obviously an upside in many ways. But did you did you factor that part into your decision as well? Like because obviously as a teacher, you're inundated with people all the time. You've got a classroom full of them to speak to, and then all the other teachers, and the consistency of that, you know, routine of school life. Was that mm-hmm. something you were worried you were going to miss? And do you miss it? Yeah, I would. I would miss the social aspect of it. But I also started networking as well, mm-hmm. and in person. This was before the whole pandemic started. And um, realised, like, 
I, I could be socialising with teenage boys or I could be socialising with people in the business industry, like my local business industry. And so, yeah, that's, that's the direction I want to go and try to um, really think more about, yeah, my social aspect. Of course, yeah. And do you find, have you joined many, obviously you joined Flying Solo for probably one of those reasons to be able to network in that way. Have you joined any other sort of Facebook groups, you know, in terms of copywriting specifically? Freelance Jungle, that, that's very good. I've really enjoyed interacting with uh, the people on Freelance Jungle. Um, but also my, my local business chamber. Also, uh, we've got a local group here called um, Shire Women's. It's a, a local networking group. Once Zoom sort of ends, I, I might go and try to find out what's best for me once we can start actually interacting face-to-face. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do wonder. I mean, we've seen statistics that say lots of people, are as many people that, that are closing down their businesses as a result of COVID, there's equal number of people starting them because of having resigned from jobs or being having lost jobs and or you know just all this time at home realizing that actually they want it's time similar to you to do something different and I do wonder you know that the networking factor which is so vital and has always been an important part of the conversation here at Flying Solo in terms of the face-to-face meetups I do wonder these people who are starting this year or maybe even last year who are facing that you know zoom fatigue for one um, you know, if they're losing out a little bit in terms of that. But I think our advice there is just to keep keep going. Yeah, you just have to. I mean, there's nothing else you can do at the moment. Just write it out. But, but it's it's a lot better, I find, meeting face-to-face for me. Like I know some people don't like going into, you know, meeting up for coffee mm-hmm. with a client because that's, that's billable hours. But I, I see it as my social. That's my social allocation absolutely and also you just never know with those interactions I mean I know some people like you know doing that more than others as you as you've said but I think that if you choose the person correctly in terms of the fact that you're really clear on why you're meeting up with them um and you have some good questions to ask them I you know you just sometimes never know where those kind of interactions can ultimately go Um, in terms of even, you know, the amount of times I've heard people say, I met up with this person to get work that eventually we didn't work together, but, you know, he he or she referred me to three or four other people. So the power of that face-to-face interaction, I think, is is really important. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Melissa, was so you talked us through how you sought out courses to help you specialise in copywriting, um, did you do any courses about running a business? Because obviously you came from teaching. You didn't have that, that business background at all in any shape or form. Did you do a course about how to build a business and all the aspects of that, the admin side, the accounting side, all that stuff? I've read a lot of books. Uh, I, I read the Flying Solo book, also uh, Gina Whitman's Traction book as well. So, um, yeah, The One Minute Commute. I read that, mm-hmm. but I still wasn't very confident in my knowledge of business because, yeah, as you said, I really had no idea about business. I was just really winging it. Um, I got a business coach. Yeah, I didn't find it was very good for me. I I think really this business coach was more for biz- bigger businesses, not for a freelancer. 
So I, I stopped with the business coach, but I found my accountant. I really learned a lot of him mm. um, just with GST, um, even just little things like my, my email address. I was still using my old Gmail address and, and he said, what are you doing? Like you're a B2B. You, other businesses will pick up on that. It's not like you're just um, interacting with just clients B2C change it and so I, I changed that um and so so he i think i found my just booking an hour with the accountant um which is where i'm going to this afternoon that that was more helpful for me yeah that's so interesting a good accountant is uh, worth their weight in gold to all the accountants who might be listening to this they are an incredible resource um and great that he felt he could share that stuff with you because, you know, it is interesting, isn't it, on your journey towards a business, who it is that's helpful to you. There's so many books out there. There's so much information. Um, and I think the important thing there is to be able to remember that it's important to listen to yourself in this journey because while someone you might admire who even might have the same business as you or the, the business model that you want to emulate, don't necessarily, they're not you. So they're taking in information in a different way than you are. So I think it's really important there to, to listen to that advice. If you do meet with a business coach and they're not what you wanted, it's totally fine to keep exploring where that information is going to come to you in a different way. I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah. So now that you're at this point in your business, Melissa, what would you say is sort of front of mind in terms of goals and planning for the next 12 months? Uh, just working out my finances, I think, because when I was starting, I was just happy to be getting anything, just taking in any money was good. Um, but but now that I'm, I'm actually... I'm getting in a bit more of my finances. I, I'd like to look at my super, my insurance, um, those sort of things because I'm charging GST now. I feel I'm getting bigger. Um, I've already spoken to the accountant about becoming a company and he said probably not, just a, a sole trader. So th- those are the sort of questions that, that I really want to try to explore now. And managing time. Yeah, that was going to be because you mentioned that you're you're a mum as well that you've got children. So I was wondering what like what's your day like? How how many hours a day would you sort of spend an average, if that's even possible to answer? Yeah, I I, I think I I should really manage my time better. I I, I think that I you know I've got all day here and then I've got night time for extra stuff. That's that's what I'm saying in my head. So I'm staying up at night and doing the extra stuff as well which really I, sh- I shouldn't be doing. I should be trying to stick to more rigid hours. But, but with writing, it's if you can't think of anything to write, what are you supposed to do? So, um, yeah, sometimes I find I, I, I can just think more clearly at night time. So that's my excuse for still working quite late at night time as well. So I've got to rain really that time. Yeah, that's such an interesting point too. I mean, I ran an article not very long ago actually on Flying Solo about how it's really important to work out where your best, like your most productive times of the day are and it's actually totally fine to forgive yourself if that is at night or if that is really early in the morning. I know for me I'm at 8 till like 8 till 10 in the morning is really, really productive for me and then 6 to 8 at night. But because, I, you know, I have young, two young boys, that's they're also the busiest times of family life. So... 
being able to go, okay, well, what am I going to do with the hours that I do have? Um, but I think that's an important consideration there as well, because, you know, we read so much again about how it's terrible to work late at night or, you know, you know, turn off screens and everything, which obviously there's value in that. But if you know that you're productive at that time and you are building your business, it's probably important to lean into those times um, and just be mindful of that as well. Yeah. So Melissa, it's probably time for us to wrap it up, but I, I wanted to end by getting your advice really, because you're a perfect person to speak to it in terms of the point that you're at with your business, because as we see with the trends now, small businesses are on the rise what would your advice be to someone who might be like you uh, were before you started the business teacher or in a fairly secure job? What, was, what would be some advice you'd give someone who might be listening to this and thinking, I think I'm ready? I think everyone's different. Like I, I, I really sort of played on, I think, my own strengths. Uh, like I, I never considered this a side hustle. I, I think that's a, something that a lot of people talk about, side hustles. But for me, it wasn't a side hustle. This was a definite transition. This, this was a move for me. And I was just going to take it slowly and I was going to just use whatever was available and um, it, was going, it was going to happen. Like it wasn't something that was, wasn't ever going, you know, it wasn't going to not happen. It was something that was going to happen for me. So I think having the right mindset is a big thing. And just having structures in place. Even if you don't write it down, I never wrote it down. But And, yeah, probably don't listen to your parents as well. <laughs> because nobody's going to congratulate you for going solo or starting your own business. They'll congratulate you if you get another job, but not, not doing what I did, which was leave a very stable job and starting something like freelancing. Don't look for that. Don't look for any encouragement. Just just go and do it. Create little goals as well that you can tick off and go, yay, I did that. Such good advice. So true. Well, we'll, we'll celebrate anyone who wants to start this journey here at Flying Solo. Perhaps that's what we're, we're here for then. We're the ones that say, you know, good on you for starting because it is brave, it is bold, and, you know, it is rewarding. Um, I'm sure in a way that a normal job never really can be so melissa good luck with um this year building up the business and thank you for joining the community it's great to have you here and we'll hopefully have you back on again okay thanks looking forward to it